What a privilege to be with you on this very special day. I think Etienne was very generous and gracious to, to ask me to, to preach today. So I thank you. It's a special day for me today, not because I'm celebrating anything, but in about an hour and a half, my daughter in Switzerland will be giving her very first sermon. She's preaching on Nehemiah chapter 3, which is all about the different people building the wall, which actually would have been a good passage to preach on here that each of us on the post-tronal festival comes in to commit ourselves to building the church. But I only thought about that afterwards. But what I loved was the last part of her little message that she said to me. She says, it's not a real sermon yet. It's only 15 minutes. <laughs> and I thought, I know somebody in the cathedral in Grahamstown who would be very happy with 15 minutes or shorter. They always used to tell me at the end of the service how long I'd preached for. Isn't it strange, hey? We, we each have our own ideas when it comes to church. And what's right and what's wrong and where we go. And sometimes we need to remind ourselves that actually each of us is uniquely crafted by God. And placed in the church where God wants us to be. So that we could grow that. Not about us, us, but what God wants us to do. Paul says that all the gifts are given for a single purpose. Not to make us famous. build up the church, to build up the church. Lovely old-fashioned word for the edification of the saints, for the building up of the faith of the Christian faith. So today we're going to look at our role in building the church. And once of each of us today, on this day not just of celebration, but of recommitment to the future. And it just so happened that the two passages set for today in the ordinary lectionary tie into that theme, primacy, and Jesus' teaching on the mustard seed. And I'm going to touch on that. But I want to just very briefly look at St. Michael. We meet St. Michael in two different battles. There he is in Daniel, the end of Daniel, where the Jews have been experiencing the most terrible persecution of the ancient world. And Daniel prophetically looks forward and says to this disillusioned and broken people, 
people who cannot even pray without being punished. It says to them, there will come a time when the angel Michael will stand up and defeat the enemy. And while he was speaking prophetically, it actually happened that they defeated the enemy in their time, in the time of Daniel. And so, did they see Michael? No, they probably didn't. But they saw the results of him. And then again in Revelation, St. Michael is there. And in the little Dead Sea community, it produced the Dead Sea Scrolls, St. Michael's their hero. Because they believe there will come a time when St. Michael will gather up their little community out there in the desert. And will set them free from the Romans. So St. Michael's, <laughs> who do you go for when you need serious help? St. Michael, the champion of justice and freedom. The protector. So we celebrate that, that wonderful, wonderful angel the special angel of Israel, the protector and carer, God's agent for radical change. Well, that's who we're thinking about. But let's take a step backwards and think about where we are going. Paul writes to Timothy, and he is writing precisely to do what I was mentioning earlier, to encourage this young man. I call him Timid Timothy. Timothy has been called by God to be a teacher in the church and an evangelist. And Paul has to say to him, you know that gift that was given to you when we ordained you? when we laid hands on you? Do you remember the prophetic gift given to you? And Paul is implying that to be a teacher and evangelist. He says, fan it into flame. It's about to go out. he says, don't be ashamed of me. And we realize that Paul is putting his finger on the weak spot. Timothy is ashamed of his mentor Paul because Paul's in jail for preaching the gospel. Instead of supporting Paul, he feels shame. And he's probably running as fast as he could to get away from the memory of this man. And Paul's letter comes like a knife and it just cuts in to Timothy's life and says, Timothy, you were called by God 
you have been blessed with the gift of teaching. Why are you not using it? And that wonderful verse, God has not given us a spirit of timidity. God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Power, love, and a sound mind. No, you have not received a spirit of timidity, but of power, and love, and of a sound mind. So as we sit here on this patronal day, and we know that God is saying, what are you bringing today? We become fearful. <laughs> God, wh what do I have to offer? And that little voice in our head, you know good, you know good. You can't do anything of significance. You're too old, you're too young, you're too this, you're too that. But God is saying, no. wonderful it's a wonderful verse that speaks about the greatness of God Ephesians 3 so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth of God's love. So, the power is beyond our imagination. And the love, the wonderful, amazing love that God pours out into hearts. Romans 5, 5, for God has poured his love into our hearts by means of the Holy Spirit. So whose power? Whose power is it? Is it us sitting there and saying, I have no power. I am powerless to do, to change, to impact my church, my community, my God's power in you. Lord, I don't have enough love to, to do all these things, to love, and God says it's not your love. It's mine. I put it in your heart. Our love is God's love. Our power is God's love. Our mind is the love of Christ. 
this mind, says Paul in Philippians, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We have the mind of Christ. So as we sit here today, guys, we have so much to give. We have so much the love of God to give. We have the mind of Christ to give. What a wonderful thing. Aren't, isn't that amazing to think what God has given to us? And sometimes, like Timothy, we've got to fan into flame those gifts because sometimes we stop using them. Sometimes we tuck them away for a better day. And God is saying, no, I want to use you now as you are. And then, of course, the protest, which comes to the second reading. Jesus talking to the disciples. Lord, they say, increase our faith because... Ultimately, when we are in the service of God, it's a, it's a stretching of our faith. And while I could speak about the power and the love and the mind of God, it comes down to our faith, our readiness to put that into, into being, to exercise it, to use it. And so here you've got these these disciples no not disciples apostles so who are the apostles and who are the disciples well the disciples are the 12 that we know by name and the ones who followed Jesus around the apostles in Luke you've got to go back a few chapters those are the 70 that Jesus sent out and they came back so excited having seen wonderful things so they're not the same as the 12. And these, these, the sent out ones, is what the Greek says. The sent out ones say to Jesus, Lord, increase our faith. They've been out. They've been challenged in so many ways. And Jesus has uh, applauded them for their faith. But they realize <laughs> We need more. We need more faith to do greater things. And Jesus uses this strange illustration. He says to them, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, uproot yourself and plant yourself in the sea, and it would be done. And at that point, as we read through, we say, oh, well, that takes me out of the equation. <laughs> I haven't moved any mulberry trees recently and plonked them in the sea. But what's Jesus saying? He's saying the least, the tiniest faith that is humanly possible to have is enough. 
what God is saying today is bring your mustard. Put it on the altar. And I will grab it. To see wonderful things done. For my name. So that's our, our challenge today. To bring our mustard seeds and to put it down. There at the altar rail. Say, Lord, here's my mustard. Use me in your church to grow, to bring people to faith, to heal people, even if it's just the word that you say. Pray to work, to change our community, to bring the life of Christ into the areas where there is still darkness. That's your job, and I hear God saying to us, come, my little flock, be brave, not timid. You are precious to me. And I have loved you since the beginning of time. Do not listen to the voice that says you are not good enough. You are a thousand times. You are good enough. I gave my life for you. And now I want you to live. Not timid, but joyfully, courageous. And fully, you, my child, my beloved child, today and tomorrow and for all eternity.